another episode of Public Health Perspectives. Today we have Laura King and Nicole Williams from the Council on Education for Public Health. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hey there. Thank you. And so um, just from either one of you, can you give me a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, This is Laura, and I am – Well, I'm the executive director for the Council on Education for Public Health, and I have been in this job for about 14 years. And prior to that, I was an accreditation specialist, so I'm doing this for quite a while. Um, My background is in in public health. I have um, an MPH degree from the George Washington University School of Public Health, um, and and I'm also a master certified health education specialist. Um, and this is Nicole, and I uh, have been with the council um, in some capacity for eight years, and I'm currently a senior accreditation specialist and communications director, um, and have been full-time with the council for a little over five years, five and a half years. Um, and I started, this is, you know, I've been in public health and accreditation uh, since the get-go. I have a master's in public health also from the George Washington University School of Public Health. Okay, awesome, awesome. So can you guys tell me a little bit more about the accreditation process? So I know that you accredit schools um, of public health, of course, but I'm not quite sure, you know, what that process entails. Um, So what is kind of like a shortened version of what the schools will have to do? Like do you guys seek out the schools or do the schools kind of apply to you? Uh, I can talk about that a little bit. So the accreditation process is a voluntary process, and schools and programs of public health come to us to initiate that process. We do accredit in different categories. So we accredit schools of public health, public health programs, and standalone baccalaureate programs. Um, and they are all equally accredited. Uh, school, schools versus public health programs, it's more of a structural difference. They follow the same set of criteria and have to have the MPH as part of their unit. And then uh, the standalone baccalaureate programs uh, is exactly what it sounds like. It is undergraduate programs in public health that are on their own. Um, and so those schools and programs come to us to initiate the process, and there are uh, lots of steps along the way. They start out by submitting an initial application submission to become formal applicants, um, and that starts a two-year process of self-study where they prepare for an on-site visit um, where a team of peer reviewers comes and assesses the program against a set of standards, uh, which we call criteria. These criteria are developed by the field, academics and practitioners in public health. And the site visit results in a report, uh, which lets the council, um, a group of 10 public health professionals, academics, and public members, Uh, make an accreditation decision. Okay, awesome. And just to reiterate a little bit, podcast is meant to be a tool for workforce development. And so what I wanted to do was to be able to provide, you know, potential healthcare workers or people who are currently public health students with um, some realistic views and, and some insight on different jobs in public health. Because for me, it was very difficult to kind of figure out where I needed to fit in or where I could fit in, and I'm still figuring that out. Um, I've I've only been really working in the field for a couple years. I just finished up my MPH in 2015, 
But um, for the podcast as well, um, I'm going to be aligning it with the CEPH accreditation guidelines um, because it goes along with a book that was published by my editor. They have some real-life examples of some cases. Um, A few authors came together on these cases, and so it gives you insight on those competencies that students need to have achieved before they graduate. So that's that's why I wanted to get you guys on the call because I'm like, what's better than starting with the basis, you know. First you start with accredited school, you go to that school, you graduate, and then you go out into the field. So starting with accreditation was important for me. Right. And probably the um, the program that you graduated from and certainly the one that I graduated from and Nicole graduated from um, weren't – those programs weren't really set up um, based on those 22 foundational competencies that you see now in our accreditation criteria, which I think are so much more aligned um, with the workforce. We are just, we adopted those criteria in 2016, the end of 2016, and we are just now getting all of our schools and programs in alignment with those new, with the new curriculum that would address those competencies. And the reason why we made that change is that we believe that those competencies um, based on all of the literature that's out there and based on surveys that have been done with health professionals in all sorts of jobs, um, we believe that those competencies are what describe the skills that a public health professional um, need to have in order to work in the field. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're finding them useful. Definitely. Thank you so much. And so um, I know you guys gave me a little bit of background about yourselves, and I've mostly been in the accreditation portion of the public health field, but um, were there any prior jobs that you had that kind of helped guide you into the accreditation or, you know, it was a career that you had read about beforehand you're like, hey, you know what I want to do? I wanted to credit public health programs, you know? Like, it was kind of the process. <laughs> if only, if only that happened. But sadly, no. No, that isn't how it works at all. Um, so... Um, like a lot of jobs in public health, and I, I think, you know, the more you talk to public health professionals in all sorts of jobs, you realize that public health is such a broad field. The training that's provided by public health programs is applicable to so many different kinds of jobs in the for-profit, non-profit, governmental um, world, and, and everything in between. And so um, I think a lot of people who come into the field really feel like they stumbled into their job. Um, and I'm no exception, and probably Nicole's no exception. Nope. Trust um, me, I stumbled into my job, too. <laughs> so, and, that's, and that's okay, you know. Um, sometimes that's how it works. But with me, I actually was early in my career. When I graduated from college, I had a psychology major, again, probably not uncommon for a lot of people who um, get a master's degree in public health. They come from all sorts of different undergraduate um, traditions. So I had a psychology degree, um, and I served as a VISTA volunteer, and some of the listeners might know what that is, kind of the precursor to AmeriCorps. Um, And I served as a VISTA volunteer for a year in rural Maine. Um, working on essentially what I know now to be a public health project. I was conducting a community health needs assessment for a um, catchment, a large catchment area in central Maine um, for a federally funded health center grant. 
And that's what I, that was my project. That's what I, what I did for a year. And then I kind of had a stop and start. I went and started a master's program in health and fitness management and decided I did not want to be an aerobics instructor with a master's degree and went and ended my participation in that program and transferred into the School of Public Health to pursue my MPH. Um, I've also worked in advocacy and environmental health. I worked for the Physicians for Social Responsibility in their environmental health department for um, a couple of years. I also worked in injury prevention um, for a short time. I certainly had a few public health jobs before I did this one, but the way that I fell into accreditation is, um, you know, in, in the old days when people actually got jobs by looking at ads in the Washington Post, the actual print copy of the Washington Post, <laughs> I entered a class <laughs> say the old days. Ad, but it said something about education and something about public health, and I thought, gee, I like, that's what I like to do. And it ended up being accreditation. <laughs> And um, it just turned out that sometimes you, um, you know, you have a knack for a job and, and you really discover that you love it after you didn't know that you even wanted to do it or didn't even know that it existed. So right. that's how I came into that. And I think that's really important to um, definitely to have a part of the podcast because I know some students or people who are looking for jobs in the field, they sometimes get discouraged because it's like, you know, what is wrong with me? Everybody else has found something to do. They found something they like. They're great at it, and I, I just don't know what to do. And, you know, you get a degree, you're like, oh, I have a degree in public health. Public health is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But it's not quite so clear cut, you know. And I was one of those. Um, I did undergrad, took a year off, went back to get my master's degree. But it was still kind of like I don't really know what I want to do. Am I taking the right path? You know, I was comparing myself to my peers a lot because they had different experiences than me. So it's important to hear, you know, that it, it does take a little bit to really, you know, find out where you fit. And I can relate a lot to you. I got my MPH in the same year that you did, and. I started working with the council um, when I was still finishing my undergraduate degree. And so I, I actually have an undergraduate degree in political science and public policy and found myself in that program doing all of my program work in health policy. Uh, that was just always a topic that I found myself working on. And so I uh, answered an ad in my online uh, school job board <laughs> um, for a job that had something to do with public health and something to do with education, and, and I'd been working uh, for my university, so I was feeling comfortable with that. And I get hooked, and I've been uh, in accreditation ever since um, and got my MPH while I was working uh, here, here with the council. But one of the things that has been really great for me is working on these peer review teams. You get to interact with academics and professionals in public health from all over the country, Every discipline you can imagine. Um, sometimes I'm working with an environmental health scientist. Sometimes I'm, you know, learning from someone who's also interested in policy or community health. And so in this job, I feel like I'm also still getting to learn about what I might do. Um, maybe I'll be an accreditor forever. Maybe I won't. But I'm still feeling like I'm figuring out all of the options, too. And, and being in a job is a great way of doing that also. Great, thank you. And, and yeah, that, that on-the-job experience that you get is so important. <clears throat> and I know, depending on the school that some people go to, you know, some have an internship program that's carved out in the senior year, 
and some don't always do that, and, and that hands-on experience is so important. You know, and like I said before, in public health, you know, we, we all want to save the world. We have these great views and ideas about programs that we want to plan, but you get out in the real world and you're working with people that you're going to be affecting, and, and it's a whole different ball game. you know. Humans, are, humans yeah. are imperfect, and, you know, we do our science, like they like to call it soft science, but dealing with individuals, there are so many extraneous factors that contribute to it, but they're also interesting at the same time, and being able to work and work with people who are experts in the field, but also kind of work with people that may be affected by the policies and things that you're enacting is, is such a great experience. I think that's right, and I think it's important, too, for um, – for people who are graduating with their um, MPH to also understand that public health, every person is different and every public health professional is different. And um, some of us are have a passion for and are good at working with affected populations directly. Uh, others of us, and I'm, I'm one of those people, um, I would just take that home with me every night and never be able to sleep again. I am much more effective <laughs> working more, more at a policy level, and, um, and that is okay. So I think when I first started in accreditation, I felt a little guilty that I wasn't sort of doing what I thought I should be doing, which is, you know, working actually in the community with the community. And I realized that, um, you know, as a public health professional, I can have impact at a variety of different levels. And I think, I think that's an important point for people to, to realize that there's a place for all sorts of people with all sorts of strengths in public health. Yeah, and it's amazing what you can tie to it. So <clears throat> for our journal and the podcast is, of course, on our companion site, JPHMP Direct, but we had a company come in, and what they focused on was bolstering our social media, our public health social media, and I'm like, you know, they're, I mean, they probably could never even imagine, like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be creating tweets and helping people keep up with Facebook, <laughs> and, you know, it's all public health. It's like, wow, like, who knew that that's something you could do, you know? And you're still working in public health, like, even the person who um, edits for our journal, she has, uh, she's a creative writer. So she doesn't have any background in public health whatsoever, you know. I talked to her, and she was like, you know, you guys know so much more than I do. And I try to get her to understand, like, what you're doing for us is important, too. And I can guarantee you by the time you read through all those paths, you probably know way more about different topics in public health <laughs> than I do. <laughs> One last thing. So if you guys had any advice that you would give to anyone who is uh, new to the field, what would it be? Just like any, uh, maybe like any tips or any reading that you might have done or any steps that you would have taken that you didn't get the chance to do so, but you would encourage someone else to. I think, you know, from my perspective, and, and I've been in the field longer, so Nicole may have a, a different um, perspective on this, but um, people coming into the field, so new graduates, um, understand that every experience that you have in a job is a valuable experience. Every, every single assignment that you get, even if it seems menial or boring or uh, frustrating, every single assignment that you get is developing a skill. And that's one more skill to put in your toolbox 
and that's one more skill to make you valuable to the next employer and to really embrace and take advantage of every single opportunity um, that comes your way. Most definitely, and that, that's something I've been learning. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of agree with Laura, and maybe it's because she's kind of been the one who's mentored me through the process, but it is. It's, you know, I have been able to start taking on projects that are really small, and over time I've seen them build and build, and being able to take on more responsibility because I learned how to do it and took the time to really hone a skill. And I can see now, even when I talk to friends who are in different fields, how the skills that I've developed in this role and in these in this organization, um, how it connects to a greater set of skills that are marketable to employers and just to my current employer. Um, and so taking the time to really grow um, and not force anything. I think it's really easy, and I struggled with this when I first finished college and then when I finished graduate school. I think that as students, we're really trained to say, okay, well, what's next, right? So mm-hmm. I did really well in high school so that I could get into college, and then I tried to do really well in college so that I could get into grad school, and then I tried to do well in grad school so that I could get a job. Okay, well, now I have the job. And so it's a shift in thinking uh, from what's next to growing where I am. And I think that that can be difficult um, to sort of get out of the the idea of I have to constantly be moving forward, forward, onward, onward. It's, it's not necessarily about that anymore, and it has to become introspective about how do I be the best public health professional, the best person in this position, and the best version of myself in whatever I'm doing. And I think that that um, – can be hard to internalize at first, but it's really rewarding when it happens. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you both, Laura and Nicole, for joining the podcast today. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you, guys. Uh, have a great afternoon. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.